You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Paper Town Podcast, episode 135. What's going on, bro? It's good to see your face, man. Yeah, same here, man. Well, yeah. I mean, it's good to see your face, not good to see my own face, but um, <laughs> I see it too much. <laughs> well, last oh, week was dude. fun, man. Last week it was fun doing the, uh, I love doing other people's shows because it gives us some sort of like structure, you know? You know? Yeah, one of our sessions it inspires us to have a little bit more of structure. <laughs> <laughs> As to whether or not that'll happen, man. Um, no, dude, I actually watched a little bit of the, uh, you know, the impeachment uh, trial today. Oh, hey, update um, me on that. I have no idea what's well, going on. Well, today's boring. Today they're, they're arguing the constitutionality of the trial. Like, I just, it's such a waste of time, you know? <laughs> and especially when they're going through the voting process, the yeas and the nays. Mm. Dude, they can do that electronically and, and have it done a lot faster. It's, it just seems like the entire process is dragged out and you wonder why shit takes so fucking long to get done in the government. Well, there you go. You know? I think they speak in like old language, like when they're up there, so like they did in the 1800s, <laughs> right? You know, it's like, how many yay, how many nay, like, you know what I mean? All in favor, like they have to do it some weird, like old school way, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, there's still some old traditions that are that are in there, but I mean, I'm, dude, come on. It's, let's, let's uh, you know, one of the things the Constitution was built for was changes, you know, that's why there's amendments, okay? And so, because they knew that things were going to be changing and new technology was going to be getting better, you know? So, like, there's no need for electoral college. There's, you know, no need to have these roll call things when you can do it by electronically when we have so many other things we need to be getting done, um, you know, that some of the processes for these things that take place just take forever and it's ridiculous. You know, I, I watched, I had to take a nap this afternoon. I had to take an old man nap this afternoon after watching this shit because it's just like, you know, I don't know. I'm just watching it with, with popcorn though. Um, it's it, from what they're saying that, you know, there's not 17 um, Republicans that are going to, uh, you know, vote to convict. So he's going to get acquitted and, um, they know this. And so I, I, I don't know why they're even wasting everyone's time. Uh, I guess they're wanting to hopefully um, eliminate them from being able to, to run again for another term. Um, but dude, I, you know, when they well, were... I've always heard that the wheels of justice grind very slowly, right? In the American system. Yeah. But, you know, apparently we always get, we always get, well, the I see right why, result, dude. Right? Well, that's all you got to do is watch this damn trial and you see why, you know? It's like, <laughs> Well, I mean, what I don't understand is, man, is like, uh, you know, when it comes to fucking serial killers, and they got to be on death row for like 25 years, man. Bullet in the fucking head time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't well, understand. Wait, you know that. what, like, though? Here's the, here's the thing. There's already been some of these capital writers that have been brought in and charged. Mm. You know? They've yeah, already yeah, been yeah. charged. Uh, and there's going to be hundreds of them. It They're going to get charged. Um, so... You know, when you, when you compare it to that, it's kind of like, well, okay, so the guy that, that got him to, to do all this is going to get away unpunished. You that know what, just though? doesn't seem right. Well, you know, I don't one... care what side you're on, you know. I mean, it's, there's, there's plenty of evidence that shows that, um, you know, the, the former dude could have stepped in a lot earlier when this was starting to develop and be like, hey, hey, let's not do this. Let's, you know, but he waited until a couple of hours after that they were inside the capitol building before he did anything yeah you know? I mean, that right there alone to me is shows that there was some kind of complacency on his part okay i don't care what side you're on you can say okay he didn't mean to tell him to go fight and, and go into the capitol building okay you know what you can make that argument um but once they're in there for him to take two hours before he gets on and, and tells him to stop that right there to me is criminal just that one thing right there seeing oh my god look at what this go i better stop this no he just sat there going <laughs> oh i even saw footage of him and other people just sitting there watching like oh, wow look at that man wow it's like dude 
Yeah, I mean, so, you know, it, it was quite a sight to see. I didn't even know what was going on initially, but let me ask you. That's just one part you cannot argue, okay? Mm -hmm. That's just one part you cannot argue is, okay, was he sitting there? How long did he wait before he said something? That's, yeah, that's okay? true. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I think, did you think it was, uh, um, did you see, like, uh, uh, for example, like, uh, I think one of the guys, his name is, like, Roger Stone that got pardoned. He was, like, hanging out with some of the, like, the militia. It's really interesting to me because it's like whenever you hear about the damage done to the Capitol or the insurrection or whatever, the first argument you always hear is, well, Black Lives Matter did this. Like, I oh, mean, no, that's, it's that's always the, uh, the, that's always like the first, you know, argument. They right? call it the whatabouts. Yeah. They call it the whatabouts. <laughs> well, what about this? But well, you know, then <laughs> you can't do that with everything then, you know? I mean, it's. They're like, well, what about all these threats they, the, the Democrats have made to, you know, Republicans and, and to, the, to the Supreme Court? They've made threats. They've done bad things, you know. They're saying, yeah. okay, well, if you run on whatabouts, then that's a hard way to really get anything fully agreed on um, because you're just throwing excuses out. It's almost like you're, saying, you're accepting it because you're saying, well, what about this? You know, maybe that really pointing that out to them. It's like, okay, you're saying, what about this? Then you're accepting the truth of this. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Well, and it was kind of interesting. They're also calling it the, the January um, exception. Okay. You what's know? that? Like, if they let Trump get away with this, they're trying to say, okay, look, he should be impeached because he was still in office when he incited this insurrection. Okay. And what I'm going to say is he didn't call it off. Okay. He was still in office. When on January 6th, when he should have gotten on there and done something two hours, you know, he should have done it. As soon as they started breaching the Capitol, he should have gotten on and done something. Okay. So he was still in office. He was still serving. He should still be able to be charged. Well, they're trying to say that, well, that's, you know, he's already on his way out. Why do you want to do that? You know, well, you know, and that just sets the future up for all kinds of crazy shit, doesn't it? Then because then uh, the January exception, you know, you can just do whatever the hell you want. And then you're out of office and they're not, you're not going to get punished. Well, how do you keep that from happening again? You know what the ultimate plot twist would be? If uh, they convict Trump and then Biden pardons him to move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Well, here's no. the thing. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. He cannot pardon him from not being uh, president again. Okay? Uh, that is one That's thing true. he will not pardon. Um as whether they convict, I could care less if they convict him or not. You know, I think, you know, most people, they just want him not to be able to be president again. Yeah, you know? that's true. I mean, he does deserve some kind of shit for, you know, like I said, not stopping it in time. That's yeah, my definitely. biggest problem with the whole thing. You cannot argue that. Yeah, no, argue. I agree. I agree. I mean, I don't know if he would have had the power to stop it, but I understand what you're saying totally. But, you know. Um, Actions speak louder than words. Yeah, that's true. Well, I heard the doorbell, right? So, uh you know, we have a very, very special guest today, man. And uh, Oh, dude, I know. I was checking out his artwork, man. It's amazing. <clears throat> Some of his pieces, dude, I, I just, oh, my God, when you look at it and you're like, okay, I'm going to get started here. It's like, where do you start? Oh. Yeah, you know, you exactly. Know? I was like, I do, I do a lot. I've done some highly detailed pieces and some, you know, but, oh, my God, dude, the colors and, and the, the energy, um, you know, basically looks like energy levels and some of the pieces he does. And it's just... Well, I was thinking, how do I, patience. how do I even like introduce uh, our guest, man? You, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't really like find the words. There's got to be some kind of something out there. <clears throat> well, so I did a little bit listening of a po podcast that he was previously on, and I actually found a really nice introduction to um, to our guest. So I'm gonna go ahead and play that. Oh, um, there you go. That introduction for you, and then um, basically we'll let him in. Okay, check it out. Cool. Today we have artist Jake Cobrin. Jake Cobrin is psychedelic, unusual, dark, beautiful, and elegant. He considers himself an interdimensional midwife. He is also a tattoo artist. Besides painting and tattooing, Jake is also the founder and designer of a jewelry and fashion brand called Medicine Dragon Designs and is a DJ and musician, as well as a published writer, speaker, and podcaster. Help me welcome visionary artist, Jake Copran. What an intro, right? So uh, I'm real excited, man. I'm going to go ahead and let him in.
Welcome, Jake. How you doing? What's up, man? Can you hear us wow, okay? that is awesome. I love the, uh, the background and the way you're kind of like inter interacting with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm fading into the abyss and out of it. It's kind of a, you know, a, a multidimensional approach to Zoom calls. Dude, I like it, man. Starting off I don't strong. know if I'm going to be able to uh, concentrate, but I'm just going to sit here looking at his... Uh, <laughs> you guys just go ahead. I'm going to check this out. <laughs> Dude, what, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Where are you joining us from? Where are you right now? I live in Bali, so I'm on the whole other side of the world right now. That's right. Wow. Um, yeah, out, out here in the patties. The patties? Is that what the, what yeah, is the rice? The rice patties. Oh, the rice bro. patties, of course. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, man. Bali, Indonesia, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Man. This is, uh, this is when I actually really like the Zoom meetings because, dude, we can't do this in person. You know what I mean? Like, this dude's on the other side of the earth, and there's not even a, a five-second stall time. Remember in the old days how, you know, you, you're watching the news or something like that, and they're, they're talking to an anchor who's, who's overseas or whatever. They ask him a question. That anchor sits there for about five seconds. You're going, dude, she just asked you a question. What's going on? <laughs> and then they respond, you know, like – this is this is technology at its best. I gotta I gotta tell you, love. I mean, this. We, um, we really. How long have you been in there in now, Bali? Man. I'm sorry. How long have you been in Bali? Came here first time five years ago, but I've lived here solidly for three years. Uh, it's an amazing place to live. It just I fell in love with the culture here, and it's pretty epic. The quality of life. It's like a. It's like being a rock star on the cheap, kind of. <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing. No, place I like. I like that. You know, a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, they're looking for new places to live, man. If you live in California right now, it is. <laughs> yeah. People are moving out every <laughs> single fucking day. And, uh, you know, people are looking for better alternatives that. Uh, so how has the um, uh, lockdown or pandemic been for you in Bali? I mean, dude, practically non-existent compared wow. to other places from what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, it's an island. So they basically... They basically like, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to tell you that, but yeah, they basically <laughs> closed down the borders. And so, uh, there's nobody really coming onto the Island. So there's been very little COVID cases or anything. So mm. yeah, you know what, That's That's we have a lot of freedoms compared to a lot of people. I know it's, it's hurt like the local economy a lot, but you oh, know, okay. it's been good for us expats. You know, that's true. Like, uh, I think like out of all the places that have COVID, I mean, Except for UK, I don't know, the, all the island places that basically they're a little bit, you know, able to control the borders better. Actually, they, they, they've done pretty well, actually. I know Taiwan's one of the countries, you know, in Asia that's mm -hmm. also done pretty well. Japan's done pretty well, too, you know, so. Um, but yeah, isn't it really like in Australia where they like they they found one case and they shut down like two million people or something like that. <laughs> I think that was New Zealand. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. That's awesome to hear, man. I mean, first of all, we're jealous. We're still out here in California. Um, yeah, dude, I've got twins, 10 years old, homeschooling. And, you know, I just, uh, like the opposite, basically, of what you are. Where, where are you from originally? <laughs> I grew up in San Francisco. Ah, awesome. West okay. Coast boy. Hell yeah. Nice. Lucky, yeah, yeah. lucky, lucky. Mm. And then so. I spent uh, time in L.A. too, though. Okay. Okay. Well, NorCal, like it's in SoCal, obviously, you know. It's like a vac you know, you take a weekend or a lot of people move from like SoCal to NorCal when they kind of, uh, you know, get into their careers and things like that. That's what I know. So where else? I well, mean it's good. To, it's good to hear that he at least served some time in L.A., L.A., <laughs> which it can. I did. Yes. <laughs> what it can be at times, you know. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hell yeah. I like that. Uh, okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, you know, we, we played a little bit of your intro from a previous podcast, actually, um, just to int introduce you. And, you know, you're a man of many talents, man, you, you know, so I don't even know where to begin because, uh, you know, you're like an artist, you're a, you're a designer, you're a DJ, you're, you know, you're- I got a question. I got a question for you. So um, I'm, I'm guessing, did, uh, did you go through like regular elementary and high school and everything? Yeah, but I went to a special, the last year of high school, I went to like a documentary filmmaking school. So instead of like writing essays and stuff like that, we actually made documentaries, which was like way more creative and more geared to kind of like 
the way my mind works. And I also graduated a year early from high school, went straight to art school after that. Were you in San Francisco <sighs> for high school? Nice. Yeah, I mean, I grew up like in Mill Valley. It's like, you know, across the Golden Gate Bridge, like 15 minutes. Oh, okay, from the okay. City. Wow, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Okay. And also, I got to say, man, like the way that your uh, school allowed you to kind of communicate in documentaries was way ahead of its time. Because I mean, nowadays, doing video for communication is basically like, you know, bread and butter for these kids. What, what year did you graduate? 2011, I guess. Yeah, I'm young. Oh, such a young guy. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> we, we just always got to ask that the, the people, you know, ha have a good gauge. But um, yeah, super cool high school, man, that, that allows you to do something creative like that. What, what, uh, what art school did you go to? I went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco, Academy of Art University, studied fine art and illustration. Then I went off and I studied in some different places. Uh, I've never like graduated from a school in my life, honestly. <laughs> I've never finished any <laughs> curriculum. But like I went off to study for a bit in Europe. I studied like classical drawing and painting in Florence for a few months and um, at a school in, in Vienna that were, nice. it was kind of like a special school that were all students of this master artist that's no longer with us. And that was a special experience too. What was his name? Ernst Fuchs is, is his name. He was like the pioneer of this, uh, this thing called the School of Fantastic Realism. He was like a real, he's a genius, crazy, visionary, uh, surrealist, psychedelic artist. He kind of invented psychedelic art, you know? Oh, Ernst oh, wow. Okay, I just before we go my, uh, Before we go any further, I just wanted to mention, um, <clears throat> and also to other people out there, you don't necessarily need to graduate from a school to take uh, a lot of things from it. You know what I mean? Like a, a bachelor's yeah. degree, uh, whatever degree of art, really doesn't mean a whole lot of shit in the art world. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it, it just matters the artwork that you do if, if it, you know, uh, if people like it. That's what it comes down to. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean you should go out there and, and, you know, start classes and just, you know, quit whenever. But especially if you feel nowadays. like you've gotten, if you feel like you've gotten, all you can get from there and you're just wasting your time there to spend any more time there then you know that's uh, that's up to each individual person especially nowadays right i mean with school being so expensive and everything like that there's so much online resources now jake is this this is the uh, your your mentor basically ernst fuchs oh wow so you got I mean, some uh, nice i i I only met Ernst Fuchs once. He was like in his 90s okay. by the time I went there, but I was studying with his students. Awesome. So awesome. like he has this lineage of artists that he's trained. And so I, he has like this, these very particular techniques that he established that he taught to very other cool. students. Yeah, his, he has mediums? a museum in Vienna. It's crazy. What kind of medium did he use on these, those pieces we were just looking at? He has this like technique called the Mish technique, which is like uh, layers of egg tempera and then doing glazes with oil paint. So it's like really old like school, Renaissance, old school style. Yeah, painting techniques. Takes forever to work like that, but the results are really amazing. Nice. Yeah. Nice, oh, nice. absolutely, man. It takes lots and lots of patience and, and the ability to be very, very just, oh, God, focused. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I, I gotta admit, man, you're a very interesting looking fellow, man. If I, if I if I may if I may say that, man. And one of the reasons, you know, Thank is you. because you have a lot of tattoos, and I know you're also a tattoo artist, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, awesome. I mean, I've kind of taken a break from tattooing because of the whole lockdown situation. There's not a lot of inflow, and I can focus more on painting. And that's don't been, have much of a you know, choice with that, I guess. No, I just kind of want to like the audience a little bit of a uh, of an idea of some of your work and also uh, uh, just some of your tattoos as well too these aren't henna tattoos right i'm, ju I'm just making sure <laughs> yeah, these are like the real deal like needle under the skin oh no for sure for it's sure. all photoshopped actually <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a filter man <laughs> you know I, I definitely knew it was it, it wasn't man and uh, you know when was your first tattoo man what age did you get it I was like 18, I guess. Nice, nice. I got a little okay. home sign on my arm. That was the first tattoo I ever got. Okay, okay, nice, nice. Oh, I'm nice. sorry, what sign? An, an ohm sign? Ohm. Oh, an ohm. Oh, for yeah, the yeah, Hindus. Like I actually have an ohm on my arm as well. Right nice, on. Nice, nice. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> uh, teacher's doing his uh, uh, male stripper impression, right? Teacher used to oh, be a male it. stripper, Don't actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, there it is right back there. There you go. Right. Well, it's nice. sideways. Let me get it straight. Like, there you go. There's the nice. old. Nice, nice. Got all the nice. different religious symbols in there. 
Nice. Cool. nice. Very cool, man. I mean, okay, so, uh, you know, I'm also noticing some tattoos on your face, man. I mean, y you know. I do. Uh, like, oh my god the ones on your on your lips must have been mm. so damn painful I well, mean, okay well i got a question for you on their face which which part was the most painful dude believe it or not like none of the face tattoos really were that bad i got tattoos all like up the back of my head that was that was pretty painful oh well teach yeah, actually I has this, bad. Uh, <laughs> i got this little thing back here i don't know if i'm showing you it or not yeah i see it, I see it. okay yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, it's one, like whoo, it's like the needle vibrates your skull and you feel like your brain like. So yeah, that's. Yes. Uh, I had that some interesting thoughts uh, during my, and after my, my head tattoo. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking about things differently now. Well, first of all, man, your art's super cool, man. And before we get to that, man, I want to kind of just touch on your music real quick because uh, I wanted to, um, you know show the audience one of the songs but you know your songs are quite long basically so i don't think we can uh, uh but i'll drop the clip at the end actually so i just wanted to cool. ask you like what kind of genres do you dj and make because uh it's very psychedelic a lot of your music too man mm. well i mean the music i've been making it like actually producing is a bit different than the kind of music i've i've been djing uh, i've been collaborating with my girlfriend we've been making some interesting like meditative music that mm. is really in, intended to like listen to and like you know lay down or to be in like a relaxed place and to just like close your eyes and go on a journey with it you oh, know yeah. um yeah. so it's more kind of like ambient and like meditative i'm really into like dead can dance and those are kind of like dark wave is kind of like a primary influence for me um but the music I DJ, like I love deep dubstep, like uh, 140 BPM, like heavy bass music, kind of nice. progressive stuff. I play techno sometimes, but it's not as much of a passion for me as like the deep dubstep is. Nice, man. Nice. It's very, you know what? I checked out some of your uh, music, man. There was a song called Enochian Call. Am I pronouncing that right? Right. You yeah, know that's what? correct. It, it, is that, that was like a super ambient type of... Uh, uh, styles that the one you're talking about that you're collaborating with your girlfriend, right? Awesome, yeah, she did man. the vocals on that. Oh, dude, it's crazy, man. I gotta ask you, it's like it's so trippy the music that you're making. I don't even know what scale this is in, man. Like, you know, when I hear, <laughs> I'm like, what like dark scale has <laughs> you know, has this guy tapped into, man? Because this ain't no like just a normal minor or you know, a pentatonic or anything like that, right? So, I mean, where do you come up with your inspiration? Just you listen to other songs and it kind of inspires you or. You know, are you actually pulling from uh, uh, just somewhere? Just curious. I mean, it comes through pretty naturally. It's not so much okay. like I'm being inspired by other music. You know, we were jamming a lot and this kind of like came through. Nice. nice. Just, I'm a complete you know, hack, man. So, you know, I'm just influenced by a whole bunch of different things. So I'm always just curious about different people's processes, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but like I said, like I love like Dead Can Dance and I love like, you know, Dark Wave and I like this kind of like, sort of like neo-pagan kind of like viking music that they're, they're sort of being made nowadays so i wanted to capture that kind of esoteric feeling or that kind of more yeah like sort of mystical feeling you know in the music definitely it does man it definitely gives me uh, like i said it gave me some chills that i haven't felt before maybe it's kind of like a tattoo needle going on your head or something like that <laughs> <laughs> Well, you should give it a try, James. Come on. No, we're no, we're gonna holding spot developing, don't you? No way, man. No way. I don't have kids, man. I don't have kids. I'm not gonna go bald, dude. But no, you know what? On the outro after the podcast is over, I'm gonna put that song, if you don't mind, on the end of the podcast because you know I don't want to take an 18 minute break and then for us to listen to it, basically, right? No, yeah. Please do, man. You can put a clip of it. You don't have to put the whole thing. Okay. Cool. 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 Okay. So I mean. Your art, man, we, I kind of want to just bring up some of this, like, um, how do you describe it before, uh, you know, we were brought it up earlier, just like, tell us a little bit about how you describe your own art. Psychedelic, for mm -hmm. sure. Psychedelic art, visionary art, I don't mind that term, you know, that's like a term that was popularized by the artist Alex Gray. Yeah, uh, I was you know, I mean, he's I a big a influence in mine. What, what kind of stuff were you drawing in high school? Mm, good question, I like that. You know, man, like I, I like last year discovered at my parents' house a, bull, a whole like stock of different art that I made in high school. And it like wasn't 
that different, you know, like it was a lot more crude, but it was kind of on a similar page. There were some pieces that were like directly out of the kind of stuff I'm making nowadays, but like a lot, you know, just not as refined technique. I used to make a lot of dark art too. I used to be a big metalhead and like big into death metal and stuff like that. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I was making some album covers also for like metal bands. And a lot of the art was like kind of more dark satanic style stuff. So yeah, like my art's become a lot more light and pretty <laughs> over the years. Drop a few metal bands that you were into, man. I mean, uh, in high school that influenced Oh man. Well, Tool, of course, you know, okay. like Tool. I still love Tool. Uh, Opeth, I don't know if you know Opeth, like they're progressive metal. I, I worshiped that band. Uh, Meshuggah, mm. Mastodon, Isis. Okay. Uh, nice, nice, nice. I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of different kind of stuff, but cool, man. But I love like more progressive sort of like stuff. We're, you know, I, I mean, like Tool was always a super cool band for me. I mean, out of other metal bands, I remember like, Things like Mudvayne, man, those are like super like cool, just weird bands, you know what I mean? But as a high right. school student, man, I was always like afraid. I would get like scared, you know, scare myself when I would listen to these, you know? So I would especially listen to them on like Halloween nights or something like that, man. So. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> cool. But, but yeah, anyways. high school for me, like every night was Halloween, basically. So <laughs> <laughs> I just I, went with it, you know? Okay, okay. I mean, you know, what did you get into? I mean, was metal the first like dark thing that you got into? Was it draw your drawings first, man? Hmm, good question. Uh, I think it was like kind of at the same time, really. I mean, I got I got into metal through I was into like grunge and stuff like that. So it was kind of like grunge was a gateway for me getting into metal things like. You got Nirvana. even darker, right? You got even. <laughs> you, right. You got even, even darker. Okay, I see. I right. See. <laughs> right yeah i got into like alice in chains and then i was like man i gotta find something even even more depressing <laughs> than this but no yeah. man when i got into school you know like they're kind of like a bridge between grunge and metal in a lot of ways and their music videos and stuff and the art of the band just really opened me up to this amazing like cr like i had never experienced anything like it before like their music videos and their whole all the cryptic messages hidden into their music and the complex time signatures. Exactly. And stuff. I was just like, about to say the drumming is just like, it's on a different level, man. I mean, try to headbang to oh, a yeah. tool song. It's not going to happen, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Well, that stuff just opened me up completely to like a whole new world, hmm. you know, and I got, I got into also like a lot of progressive rock and stuff like their influences, King Crimson and bands like that. Nice. Nice, man. Okay. Well, let's get to your art, man. I mean, um, you know, it, what's so cool is like you have like some of these like black and white sketches, man, that lead all the way to like just like super detailed like color renditions of these sketches, man. I want to I mean, I kind of just I'm scrolling through the entire thing. Uh, and then it's just like, you know, how is this process like you start off with a pencil like just and then you basically paint into the lines or how do you how do you start off usually? I mean, it's different with every piece and I've had pieces like, yeah, like that, where I draw just on the canvas and then paint from that. But um, nowadays I, I plan stuff out a lot digitally first, you know, so I use an iPad and I make sketches and drawings and renditions on the iPad. Then I take right. that and I, I, I draw out like a line drawing on the canvas and then work on it. And I work with acrylics nowadays nice. pretty much exclusively. <laughs> Nice, wow. man. Good nice. grief, dude. I, yeah, because I was checking out some of your pieces uh, that you have up on Instagram. And um, I was telling James earlier, like, I mean, I've done some detailed pieces in my time. Um, but, you know, when you look at all the different colors as well as fades and, and layers and everything, um, <laughs> it's just like, okay, where the hell did you start <laughs> on, <laughs> let's say, this piece, for example? You know, it's like, uh, Tell them what we're oh, looking God. at, Teach. Well, right now, um, we're, we're looking at uh, a face. Um, looks like a, a female face um, with a, a red uh, face mask on. And then um, it just looks like there's uh, energy lines that are coming from um, her, her forehead. Um, kind of like a peacock uh, there. You know what I mean? On our forehead. Yeah, peacock feel, colors, right? definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, but just lots of, you know, with jewels uh, up in the headdress. Um, and the more you zoom in, it's just like the more things that you can pick out, man. It's amazing. There's so many um, layers, man. Uh, you know, I mean, when we look at this much detail, you know, you talk about like things like Salvador Dali, um, 
that level of, of you know, layers and, and, and details and things. And um, yeah, those are, those are types of pieces that you can sit there and look at for hours and then come back the next day and look at it again <clears throat> and see some, you know, completely different again. You know what, for this piece, where did, what did you, uh, how, first of all, how big is this approximately? Oh, it says right there, 30 inch by 40 inch. Okay. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 30 okay. by 40 inches. Yeah. When, uh, when you started this piece, did you start with a pencil drawing? This one started out, uh, digitally. So I created the initial uh, drawings for it digitally and, um, uh, created like a transfer onto the canvas from the digital drawing and then used that as a base for the painting. So it just ah, like saves me a lot of time and energy. Clever. And there's some tools. Yes. Like I use the iPad for making drawings and uh, it allows you to do like symmetry and stuff like that. That's so awesome. then you printed, that's, uh, you printed it I've out. Been approaching most of my art for like the last, well, yeah, the, just the drawing of it. You know, so like you can create like line drawings using Procreate on the iPad and then print it onto the canvas and then gesso it up and paint on top of it that way. It just uh, saves time nice. for the, the transfer method and allows for like greater symmetry and stuff like that. Absolutely, man. So then you made a, a printout that's 35, 30 inch by 40 inches and then you actually mount that on the on canvas or wood or what do you mount that on? It's on canvas. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I see. Dude, that is absolutely... Uh, that's that's a smart way of doing it. That's that's being resourceful right there, and the effects that you get are amazing, dude. That is just uh, thank you. That's next that's level cool work. Sacred geometry, or would you call it that? On the 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 symbols and everything like that. Like, what are these symbols that, that you're taking a look at um, right here? Yeah, these symbols are are called sigils. Like like a sigil is basically like a magical symbol the idea is that you can condense an intention down to like these very uh sort of um the essence of the intention into a symbol and then so that that symbol reflects that intention then oh, uh, it comes out of like the school of thought of what's called it's called a sigil uh, it's oh. something that has been used in kind of like the occult or magic worlds for a couple hundred years but it really comes out of mostly chaos magic but I'm just like, I'm influenced by and I'm fascinated by like magic and the occult and stuff like that. So I try to imbue uh, my art with some of that symbolism and some of the concepts. Cool, from, man. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Dude, I mean. Now, I'm sure there's some people out there that would look at that thing and say, that's satanic. That's satanic work. Um, <laughs> which, do, I mean. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten that before. I don't know, man. Me and me and saying, you know, we go way back. We're homies. It's cool. I used to listen to a lot of black metal. You know, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I I don't really have that much patience for kind of like um, like superstitious kind of people or or fearful kind of people. And if people want to like put me into that category, like I'm fine with that. You know, it's more on them than it is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Some people I know like uh, to hear that they would be like, "Oh my God, you dance with the devil then." Oh, oh my gosh, you know, like, here's the thing, like, guess what, people, um, from what I've read, uh, you know, I was raised Christian or whatever, um, and, you know, have developed since then, um, but, you know, uh, Lucifer used to be one of the brightest angels, you know, and uh, he is right. uh, only yeah. this much bad, you know, but it's that little this much bad that, is, that makes him so horrible, well, you know, you can't... <laughs> can't really discount the whole thing just because of that you know what i mean there's there's some things to be learned from that i'm not saying go worship satan or anything like that but there's things to be learned there i don't know um, man i'm a, i'm i'm a, i'm getting i'm starting to get afraid man <laughs> <laughs> well then guess what dude you're just afraid of yourself all that that's all it comes I, no down you're to. right you're right man and uh, i think yeah. that's i think that's the point um that that he's making as well exactly. you know, is that he, he's not afraid of that I was going to say not that, afraid yeah. of these types of thoughts and yeah. um you know he doesn't want to be able, you know, <laughs> yeah there's nothing wrong with that at all that's uh you know i think um, i didn't really grow up in a particularly like religious household so i never grew up with that kind of like fear of the devil or whatever mm. and uh makes all I the see difference it more you know i see like all this stuff like religious ideas and things like they're they're forms of mythology and symbolism that reflect deeper aspects of our psychology as humankind, you know? So 
the the devil for example as a as a symbol it represents like humanity's capacity to be you know evil or to kind of the animal aspects of humankind and stuff like that and it's mm. not necessarily like there's this external force that is controlling all the evil in the world it's like it's an aspect of us it's not a you know? red and guy so, with horns and a pitchfork everybody has a little bit of the <laughs> devil in them okay no everybody one has a little bit good. of the devil in them yeah exactly no one yeah, is 100 so, good yeah and so like i'm striving towards some form of like individuation or some form of of wholeness and integration in which I want to like look at all these different aspects of myself and like not be afraid of them, you know, and to be able to just own who I am. And I feel like the more people do that, the more kind of healthy and integrated they are as people. Let's talk about Alex Gray for a second, man. Cause uh, I, sure. you know, before you had mentioned him earlier and uh, to me, I, I heard an interview of him and super interesting guy. I mean, I feel like he kind of pioneered this psychedelic art, you know, um, I, I'm sure he's been on like tons of DMT trips and, and things like that, man. Mushroom trips, you know, and, um, yeah, yeah. you know, what, what was the first time, uh, you were exposed to his stuff? I got into Alex Gray's art through tool, of course, you know, and like, it blew my mind when I first discovered it. I remember that's like why the first tool album I ever bought, that's why I bought it. Cause like I had the album cover there and I, I loved the way it looked and, and it Which was, one was it? it was Lateralist. Okay. Still like probably my favorite tool album, but. You know, it was like the see-through album cover with all the different layers of anatomy and stuff, and it, it was mind-blowing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would consider Alex a friend of mine. Like, we've spent uh, some time together, and I've been to a lot of his workshops and things like that, and I've been to Cosm, which is his home in New York City, and he's an absolutely inspiring gem of a human being and one of the greatest artists alive, in my opinion. Awesome. Here, I'm going to pull up the, um, the Tool album. This is such an iconic thing of uh uh you know in terms of album covers man so uh you know and this is uh like i said I, i've seen it and almost uh, has kind of a hindi feel to it yeah man i mean you know when you do enough yeah. acid and dmt things just start looking like kind of like a kaleidoscope you, you know and then these are kind of, for me these are kind of like the visions <laughs> i kind of imagine seeing you know <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, jake so it seems like you've been on a few psychedelic adventures man so i mean um you know, did you have I've, any? Uh, I've taken an acid or two. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've smoked a DMT or two as well. Yeah. I've drank a bite. Nothing wrong with a little research. Well, I, I've, I've ate a mushroom or two, wrong. right? <laughs> exactly. So, so, do you remember any psychedelic trips, man, that were very transformative for you, man? Because I, you know, obviously, Tool's been a great influence on you, but I mean, uh, you know, Alex Gray and things like that. Like, was there a particular trip that you remember that? Um, you know, had a lasting impression. Epiphany or rapture? Sure. I mean, many of them. It's really hard to put into words because they've been some of the most profound experiences of my life uh, that have been greatly beneficial to my life as well in regards to just my, my mental health and general wellness and my outlook on, the life, uh, on life and my perspective as a person. It's influenced my relationships in a lot of positive ways, especially the relationship I have with myself. Uh, you know, the first experience I ever had on mushrooms, I had what would typically be characterized as an ego death experience where I was sort of thrust into a, a field of awareness that was unbounded by our concepts of ourselves. And having that experience made me realize the, the leniency of, of ourself, that our self-concept is a, is a construct that we generate within our mind, but that our nature is much, much larger than that. And uh, it was incredibly liberating and healing because at the time I was dealing with a lot of depression and things like that, which totally originated in my idea about myself and the world. So this really broke through all of my mental fabrication and allowed me to realize that there was something that was underneath all of the thoughts, you know, and this is what people strive for in meditation as well. But I think that psychedelics can be a great aid to reaching those states of consciousness and to assist one in having those types of realizations. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for the respectful and wise use of psychedelics. And I think they're a profoundly transformational 
tool that in the future will be looked at as one of the greatest innovations to ever exist for psychotherapy and for mental health. Man, I love this guy, man. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I absolutely agree with, with everything you're saying. You know, a yeah. lot of people, they get freaked out about the illicit drugs and then they're just like, oh man, you're gonna, you know, you well, lose your life, you're gonna turn into the devil, you're gonna, you know, become an addict and everything. It's like, no, guess what? You're gonna get you're tattoos on your face. You're an addict before <laughs> you start out, you start, you start your life as an addict, okay? Whether or not you, that becomes a problem is a completely different factor. But um, well, I absolutely the, uh, agree. That's kind of like... Go ahead, James. That's kind of like the method that, um, you know, everybody has like some sort of system, right? And the addict system that they build is like a 12-step system that kind of uh, you buy into this whole idea that you are an addict and things like that. And of course, there's some people, everybody's different, right? Everybody, you know, needs certain, I guess, communities to kind of like feel feel right, right? You know, but one of the things mm -hmm. that Jake, before yeah, we, we all have different chromosomal, you know, uh, makeups and everything. And uh, yeah. we're not suggesting that you go out and do this. Um, yeah, no, it's not be, for everybody. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what? It's funny because, like, um, yeah, you're right. It's not for everybody. But recently, I had a friend who uh, tried ecstasy for the first time. You, you know, and ecstasy for me was like one of these like groundbreaking mental uh, stimulating psychedelic drugs, man. Because it, it you know what? Mm -hmm. I sure. clearly reminded. I was speaking with uh, this person about their first time, and I was clearly reminded of my first time where I was in a depression too. And it really just like kind of like a kickstart, kickstarted my brain in terms. It like sunk all that serotonin, and it reminded me what it felt like to be happy, actually. And also another mm -hmm. like thought I would get was like, "Hey, I deserve to be happy." Actually, you know, that was one of these um, ideas that kind of came rushing in my head. So, um, you, you know, for me, I'm always a big advocate, man. If you look at like why things are illegal, you, you know, and things like that. It's just like very interesting because, you know, if you're growing up in the generation, oh, this is illegal, it's bad, right? You know, and then it's, it's just very interesting. You, you should always ask like, how did it become? Like what happened? And, you know, I think it's really cool, Jake, that you have such a good understanding. I, I think of all these like different psychedelic adventures. And one day we're gonna have to have you on again and, and talk about um, a little bit more about these uh, psychedelic Dude, adventures. Dude, I could talk to the guys for hours about uh, <laughs> stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, man. you know what? I saw that you have uh, you I have a show that. coming up. Can you tell me about the show you have coming up? We have a podcast. I mean, unfortunately, I, I had to cancel the exhibition just because of like COVID restrictions and things like oh, that. Damn. Like, you know, Let me understand. I had my my. I was set up to go in a, in a, in a gallery and everything uh, last year, and just had to call it all to a stop. But um, well, um, hopefully that'll uh, you know get worked out soon sooner than us i'm sure <laughs> yeah, sooner than here in the cool, states man. i mean like i have all my needs met here and i'm i'm happy and i'm living a good life so it's not a big deal if i can't do this exhibition there, like i've done exhibitions in the past there'll be other exhibitions in the future you know it's not a big deal do you have plans to come back to the u.s i mean uh anytime soon i, mean, I wouldn't if i were <laughs> I mean, honestly, not at the moment. I mean, my okay. family lives in, in California still and would love to go visit my parents and stuff at some point, but I'd rather them come out here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. man. Oh, my God, man. Definitely, man. Stay safe, man, man. Stay Hell safe. Yeah, man. Well, you, you know what, man? It's, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And we're going to have to have you on again, man, because I know you host a podcast, too. Uh, can you tell the audience I a little do, bit yeah. about that? Yes. Please. Yeah, I started I started doing podcasts at the beginning of last year because of the kind of like COVID lockdown situation. It was a great way to connect with people around the world. It's called the quarantine sessions. And we talk about art. Uh, we talk about psychedelics. We talk about uh, the occult and, and mysticism and psychology and a lot of different subjects. So we touched on a few of those things here. And if that stuff interests you, please check it out. Hell yeah, man. And again, we're going to have to invite you on again because this was such a good conversation. I feel like we just scratched the surface, man. Uh, we, we can definitely go on for hours with you, man. We have a lot of similar interests, sure. I think, from uh, different yeah. backgrounds, too. You know what I mean? So it'll be uh, great to have you on again one of these days, man. And if you're in California, man, um, I mean, obviously, I think we'll talk to you before then. But, you know, make sure, we'd love to have you in person, too, man. Um, sure. Yeah. Have a website that dude's called? not coming back here, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wouldn't desire him. Fuck that, man. This dude's in paradise. That's true, me? man. Seriously. <laughs> we'll come, we'll see him. Okay, how about that? 
dude, we're going to come see you. We're going to yeah, come, come hang out come with you. Come to Bali. It's a better idea for sure. That's true. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, would, I would love to be on the podcast again. And sorry about the Wi-Fi situation. Next time I'll definitely I, – I had such optimism about the Wi-Fi at my house this morning. <laughs> no worries man we're gonna slice it together like nothing happened so uh, <laughs> have the time that we had with you and we look forward to coming hanging out with you i do mean that man i want to yeah. go to bali yeah, come. yeah for sure man and then you we're also love it let's go james let's go we will man I'm, I'm down i think we need an asia trip i mean i got my first shot of my vaccine so i'm ready the world is opening up to me man shit <laughs> <laughs> nice. now uh right so, so tell us a little bit about the website i mean what's your website and uh you know we'll go out with uh um uh jake's song um, what's your website, bro? Oh, yes. Nice. Best place to find me is jakecobrinportal.com. I got links to all the stuff I got going on, music, art, podcast, whatever on there. So, yeah, that's the best place to find me. Or, or Instagram, you know. Cobrin's with a K. K-O-B-R-I-N, basically. So, jakecobrinportal.com. Yeah. All right, guys? Awesome. Thank you so Dude, much. I look for forward to hanging out with you in Bali. I mean that, man. Thank <laughs> you so much for being here. Hell yeah, I'd be man. happy to be your guide, yeah. Oh yeah, it. we'll talk to you soon then, brother. Sorry we couldn't have more time, but we'll have you on again. All right. Take care, man. Right on. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. Peace.
Na opilom